this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On the RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! The 0-2 What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, coming after a bad week of Phillies baseball. I, I think everyone would agree they went two and four against after dropping series to the Blue Jays and Marlins. Um, so to talk about that, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Dalbert. Ty, what's going on? Not much, like you said. Uh, the past few days, the you know, the last week or so of Phillies baseball, it hasn't been the most enjoyable to watch. This is a team that coming into this year, we expected them to be a very good hitting team who was not exactly performing like a very good hitting team. They're they're just not scoring runs the way they were last year. They have a a few guys few guys struggling a couple are starting to come into their own at this point in the season but overall they just can't get as many runs across as they probably will need to they're dealing with injuries they're dealing with odd injuries finger numbness uh i i don't know there's a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on with this team and they're doing all right on the season but maybe not as good as they would have hoped just because of all the things surrounding their team um yeah the offense isn't exactly great right now and the the pitching hasn't been extremely great inconsistent I would say overall so I don't know they have they definitely have the talent to uh that it wouldn't shock me if things get righted pretty soon but if they don't fix some things it could you know the below 500 record the losing record that could be creeping up on them pretty soon if if they can't figure it out yeah uh agree and they're playing a, a very good a very i would say surprisingly good boston red sox team this weekend so um you know like they could I mean, sunday they could be you know a game under 500 they could be three games under 500 um can you can you call a team surprisingly good when they're when their ace of the staff is nick pavetta is that a surprise yes disagree <laughs> okay okay well <laughs> they're playing the red sox in 90 degree weather which by the way like i don't want to be one of those podcasts where we talk about the weather but can we talk about the weather for a second that's all you do we <laughs> talk about the weather like way too often on this podcast what what like it was cold for a while as winters and and early springs usually do and then there were like maybe two weeks where it was 60 degrees and now it's 95 degrees. Can we get a break? Can we please get a break? Johnny just discovered seasons. That's not seasons. This is the opposite of seasons. When does summer start in the middle of May? I don't know. I feel like it's usually the, usually like this hot by now. I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All right, so matter. listen, it's 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 hitting weather. So the Phillies it pass. is it is hitting weather. You would hope that baseball throughout baseball that teams can start to hit uh because you know we only had two more no hitters this week. So for those yeah, listen, track. listen, Phillies fans, they were robbed of another one 
last night. We're recording this Friday. You're probably listening listening on Friday. Vince Velasquez, he was scratched from his start against the Marlins because of right finger numbness. They had to start David Hale, who kind of threw all right over three innings. But with how things are trending, just the the sheer number of no hitters, I think Vince Velasquez was due. He'd been pitching great the three previous starts. And, you know, it's not to say he definitely would have thrown a no-hitter, but I don't think that it was out of the question. Counterpoint, it was the Miami Marlins, Vince Velasquez. Let's let's chill out a little bit. That's true. Any other team, you know, I would be right there with you. If it was yeah. the 27 Yankees even, I'd be right there with you. But this is <clears throat> the Miami Marlins who – 2016 Padres, he would have – Oh, my gosh. Strikeout oh, my gosh. Game. Yeah, 27 strikeouts. It would have been unbelievable. He would have thrown, what, 81 pitches, all strikes? An immaculate Probably. game, as they say. Um, <laughs> no, all right, all right. All bits aside here, Velasquez has been pitching really well for the Phillies. And that has probably kept them afloat because if they had to roll out, if they'd roll out Matt Moore, I, I know he was out for COVID reasons, but if, if they had to roll out him or, or somebody else, Howard, Spencer Howard and AAA starting to get a little more stretched out. But if they would have to, if they would have to have kept Matt Moore in there or somebody in AAA that isn't Spencer Howard, things have could have gone pretty bad i would say uh just having velasquez give them good starts give them deep starts i i think has been really huge and that was a big loss i i feel like you know he's he's had three really good starts and going out there for a fourth one i think that could have been like a really big turning point for him with the with the confidence where people are like all right maybe this is legit because he's had good stretches before people don't seem to really buy them I think I think with one more start, it would have started to feel real. It seems like he's going to be fine, but I think the timing of of this with how the Phillies stand this season and where he stands with the team, I, I think it's you know pretty bad timing. Yeah, it is. It was definitely bad timing. They uh, he like I I really do agree. It, hold on, and bad timing in the sense that it happened about uh ten minutes before the game. <laughs> Like that wasn't exactly good timing for David Hale to have to go quick, get ready to start the game. And like I said, he pitched well. Yeah. Do you think, do you think if they knew like the day before that it was still would have been a bullpen game or do you think there's anyone they, they might've called up? Um, I'm not exactly, I'm not sure. I think there's a chance that they would have, they would have called somebody up, but I mean, Bailey Falter has been pitching well, right? Yeah, he has, he has. I do think there's a chance that they, they went with it last year where they would start hail sometimes on those doubleheader days. I don't know. It's tough to really tell because yeah, it didn't happen that way. It right. happened 10 minutes before the game, so Who's, they had to make yeah. a decision. Who's to say? Yeah. But uh, in any event, you know, obviously, Velasquez has been pitching well and, and he didn't pitch last night. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered because they didn't score. So, uh, you know. But I think that's that's like a general theme of, of this last week. Uh, they didn't score at all on Thursday. They scored one run on Wednesday. They didn't score on Saturday. Obviously, all losses. Um, and then they lost the game on Sunday in which Chase Anderson got absolutely rocked. And then they almost came back. It was pretty unbelievable. They did. They did. Chase Anderson, uh, he is a pitcher that Johnny and I have – we've insisted uh, pe- throughout kind of – since they signed him that he is – 
like a fine fifth starter. He may not be. He may yeah. not be. He has yeah. been getting hit That's... hard. And like I said, he's never going to pitch in the seventh inning. Um, he, I don't know. He's not lasting longer than five on most nights. They, they, might, they might have to listen. If they found the replacement for more in Velasquez, they still might need the, need another upgrade there because he is not exactly as reliable as I probably thought he would be. Yeah. He, he hasn't been good. He, he, he just doesn't look good. He doesn't pass the eye test. Um, which is what matters most. Obviously. Yeah. Don't, don't show me his baseball reference page because I don't care. Let me watch him play, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I'm trying to think, like, you know, he, he he has not been pitching well. At what point do you call up Spencer Howard? I think after his next start, he was at – Which is Saturday. At, yeah, he was at four innings last start. If he can get stretched out to, to five, if he can get stretched out to five, that's all Anderson's giving you. And I think if you're the Phillies, at least the hope is that Howard's going to be a little more effective over those five innings than Anderson has been for the most part. So I think, I think you go for it after that. There's no yeah. use in just keeping Howard in triple a all year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's too talented and yeah. it's not like he's, it's not like he's 20 years old. He's, he's, he's up. He, you know, he's ready to make an impact right now. It's just a matter of getting this stretched out and handling it handling the innings yeah and, and this is just a, a general thought you know i think we agreed after the offseason that dave dombrowski did a pretty good job um but the seven million dollars he spent in the starting rotation has been um not great and the phillies are really yeah, not great the phillies are really lucky that matt clentak kept vince velasquez around well that was if it was up to every every single person i've seen on twitter they would have cut. Vince well, wasn't Velasquez. it? Wasn't it Ned Rice? Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ned yeah, Rice. they you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Ned Rice. Yes, Ned Rice. season. Did Ned Rice? You know, is is he uh, a Hall of Fame general manager? We'll wait on that. But yeah, um, another he thing, might have saved the season. Another thing I want to talk about in the rotation. Um, I, I don't think I don't think there's anything else we can say about Nola that we didn't say last week. It's just like he's not he's not in a groove right now. Uh, we'll see if he gets out of it. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it last week, but Zach Wheeler, I don't, I don't want to say like, like the word leap is really big. It's like taking a leap. Like that's, but he, dude, he's been awesome. Like, yeah, he has, he's I, really good. Say it, just say it. he's taken, he's, he's taken, taken the, leap. the leap. He's taken the leap. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's like, at what point? I don't want to don't want to sound like I'm, you know, trying to just get things for reactions. But at one point, do you like think is Wheeler pro- is he better than Nola? Well, when do you get to that point? He's I mean, been pitching that way. Yeah, I would say you know you, you wait another, you know, you see how the next four or five starts go. I don't know, you know, it does feel like I mean because Wheeler did have a couple clunkers early in the season, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he's been perfect, but of late, I mean, when, when he has his fastball location down, it's, and he's, he's he actually, just dominates. Yeah. He dominates. Yeah. And he's, he's actually striking guys out now, which, you know, helps a little bit. And he's just, I mean, he's looked very, very, very good. Um, 
Yeah, probably yeah. the biggest bright spot on the team on the of team. the year. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the best Probably out hitting some of their position Maybe players. the best move Matt Clintac ever made. One of them. One of them. What was better? Um, if you say Luis Garcia probably... for Jose Alvarez, I'm going to get I mean, mad. Bryce Harper? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Another one, another another excellent move made by Matt Klentak last year. How about Ronald Torres coming in off the COVID injured list? He was hot in rehab in triple A and he comes up. Johnny criticized having him as your best uh best bench bat available in a text message to me. And the other night he comes up. And he hits a huge, huge uh, pinch hit double to give give the that gave the Phillies the lead two nights ago, right? Yes, it did. It did. That gave them the lead after after Nick Maton tied it. Tied it, and then, or sorry, maybe that was three nights ago at this point. And then the next that was day, on, that was on Monday night. No, Tuesday night. They didn't play Monday. Yes, and then the next day he started, and Johnny said that he would not have a hit, and I said he would have a hit. And what does he do in his first at bat? He gets a hit. Yeah. All he does is prove Johnny wrong. Yeah. He's maybe the best infielder in Philly's history. Okay. Well, he's <laughs> he has been swinging a nice bat. Yeah, like, he has. He, he, he's between triple A and the majors. Yeah. He looks pretty good. I He is like a career 670 OPS hitter, something around that. It probably won't last forever, but when the Phillies are kind of shorthanded all the time, it seems it has been good for them to have somebody to step in and get some hits. And you mentioned Maton there too. And I just have to think at this point, like when Didi Gregorius comes back healthy and, and assuming they actually just have a healthy roster at some point, which will never happen. I don't think maybe just not with the way, but the way things are going, does, if it does, and this is something you mentioned on Twitter spaces one time. If Alec Boehm continues to struggle, which he's his OPS is back under 600 and he's just, he's looked bad at third base, not looked good at third base. At what point do you put Maton at third base? And I don't know. Do you send Boehm down, try and get him to figure it out? I mean, that, cause that would be, I think that'd be pretty drastic, but we're, we are almost two months into the season and Boehm hasn't really figured it. It, it looked for a little bit last week, like he might be hitting the ball. And then these past couple games, he's been um, back to, he's, I think he struck out five times in the last, last two days. Um, so, so at what point he's, still, you... he's still hitting some balls hard, but last year, everything dropped for him. Like his batting average on balls in play was so high and you just can't expect that over a full season. Maybe he's been a little bit unlucky, but just overall, he hasn't looked great. And I think you can tell that he's getting frustrated in the field and at the plate last night he had there was a, a foul ball that was just over the fence of the third base dugout that he should have gotten and he didn't there's a ground ball he should have gotten and he didn't like obviously he is not up there for his defense but if the bat's not coming along it just feel it's it's extra hurtful to the team when he's not making the the plays in the field and as you as you were saying, do you consider putting Maton at third when Gregorius is back? I think this is what you have to weigh. Um, is would putting Boom? I think I would do it at least for a period of time. 
Now, what do you think fixes Bohm? Is that extended at-bats in the minor leagues to work on mechanical things? Or is it just three or four days off to clear his head? I think that's what you have to weigh. Yeah, it might, it might honestly, I, I think maybe the... I think just, it might be the latter. Yeah. I, I think there's oh, a chance really? he just needs a break. I don't know if you have to send yeah. him down. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I agree with that. Just let him clear his head. I, for now, you know, it might change. You don't know if that'll work. But, um, yeah, I it, it's kind of inexplicable because for the first couple of weeks he was struggling and I was like, all right, he's going to figure it out. First month he struggles. All right, he's going to figure it out. And like you said, he's been hitting the ball hard, but it's still just at some point, like part of it is he's just not hitting well. And Yeah, and part of it is, you know, you want to develop him as a young player, but the Phillies aren't exactly in a position where they have time to just – let guys go out there and develop like it isn't it isn't the 2016 2017 Phillies they're in it to win right now they have real Muto Harper Hoskins Nola Wheeler and they can't if, if Maton's playing better I don't know how you could really justify just playing Bohm over him when Maton is playing pretty well on both sides at least for a short-term thing. It's not like you're just going to bench Alec Bohm for the rest of the season, but giving him some time off, see if Maton can keep hitting really well. Maybe he cools off and struggles a little bit at the plate over time, and then you have to go back with Bohm. But I think while Maton's playing well and Bohm's not playing well, I think it's a pretty easy call in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and like the, the thing is, like you said, they're trying to win now, and, and it doesn't feel like he- – they have a ton of individual guys who are really struggling at this point. Like they, they still have guys who are like Reese Hoskins has been hitting and getting on base of late. Um, you know, Andrew McCutcheon has been awesome this month. Odubel Herrera has been hitting the ball pretty well. Like they have guys who have been hitting, um, but you know, like Alec Bohm has been a massive hole in the middle of their lineup and, and it's, it has really, really hurt them. So um, it's something they need, they need to get figured out. Sooner than later. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. Like their their offense is going to need to carry, and they have had guys that are playing well, but it's going to have to be like last season where it's their offense that is clearly the strong suit of their team. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. It needs to get um, back to that point. It does because they don't have – they have some good pitching, but they don't have the, the, the pitching to carry them uh, like other teams might. Um, yeah, do you want to touch on – you know, you mentioned pitching. Do you want to touch on? We talked about the starters. You want to touch on the bullpen a little bit because yeah, some of the back end. Well, it hasn't really been clearly defined, really. As you know, certain guys are only the seventh, eighth inning, seventh, eighth, ninth inning guys, but some of them have looked pretty good this year. I'd say Naris, Alvarado, Kunrad, and Brogdon. Those are those are the guys that are pretty set. You're confident that they're going to get in there and be able to give you three outs most of the time and then some of the other relievers specifically two that they acquired in free agency ahead of this season have not looked as good Archie Bradley I know he's fresh off an injury he's just back uh was was rehabbing this past week in Lehigh Valley or with Lehigh Valley and he he just he came back up and pitching like he just didn't look quite as good. He's not throwing as hard as he, as he once did. And Brandon Kinsler, they got him from the Marlins. I think he was second last year in the NL in saves and 
he's been getting hit pretty hard. He's been getting he's been getting hit really hard and just doesn't seem to be able to strike anyone out. I was just going to say has he has he striked anyone out? Has anyone I I don't know. I think they expected those guys to be able to get pretty big outs for them and it hasn't happened and then you consider Matt Moore is now part of your bullpen and he got hit pretty hard last night and Jojo Romero isn't there because he needs surgery and David Hale I know he pitched fine last night but overall he hasn't been great it's not the ideal bullpen situation Bradley gets paid the most out of them I know that Kinsler was just a minor league deal but I think uh, presence wise I think they expected more out of out of him I know they signed him on a minor league deal but I think they did expect him to pitch pretty big innings for them and it's just not working out that way. Yeah, I mean, like, there are those guys who aren't pitching well, but I think overall the, the bullpen has been not a bright spot, but, like, it's been it, has, it has not killed them at all remotely. Compared to last year. It's not not even close to the reason that they they are where they are. It's 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 been fine. Obviously, you know, you look at that game, the extra inning game in Atlanta, like, all right, that'll, that'll happen to literally any team. Um, but but overall, you know, Jose Alvarado has been great. Hector Neris has been Hector Neris. Connor Brogdon had two, I think, two really, really, really bad outings and has been pretty solid otherwise. Um, and Sam Coonrod's been brilliant. He's been he's been really really good. Um, so you know when you have yeah, to I think that. we we've mentioned this with with Coonrod, but they gave up their what, fourth round pick last year. Um, in in that trade, Carson Ragsdale, and people suggested, "Ooh, that might be too much." And I don't know; it's looked to be a pretty fair deal at this point. And Alvarado, he he struggled a little bit this week. Not not really. There was one outing where he just wasn't as sharp. And obviously, he's not usually going to have the control. He's a little bit effectively wild, I'd say. But he's been really good for the most part. He really has been. And some of the people get it. I, I I get it. I know that for a hitter, it's probably scary to step in the box and face Jose Alvarado. But I think it's kind of the Mitch Williams things that, thing that people talked about in 1993. He's effectively wild. I can't imagine that it's easy to get a hit off Jose Alvarado when you don't know if the ball is going to be coming behind you every once in a while. He's been good. They've had, they have a good bullpen. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, which brings me to like the way the way the roster stands. Let's assume they're not going to make any moves till July thirty first. Because let's be like, sure, maybe they want to, but it's it's hard to find sellers sometimes at this point of the season. What needs to go right for them to still be in the mix two months from now? To to get them to a point where they they're like, all right, we're gonna go all in. Let's get another well, big right bat. now right now they're still in the mix well so yeah know. but that's partially because the NLEs has been awful and and do we expect the Mets and Braves to, to hover around 500 too well if the, if the Mets continue to lose a player every single day to injury I think that that's probably going to be the case well true I I do think that's a, I do think there's a chance that that happens but the Phillies basically need they need a either a starter to step up in like Velasquez staying really good in either one of Anderson or Howard to prove that they're all right. I think that needs to happen. They can't have like one spot in the rotation. That's just clearly like a probable 
probable loss every time they go out. And they just need the bats to heat up. That's all they that, – that's really – maybe what's even more important than that is they need Real Muto and Gregorius to play every single day. They've just been they, – they, injuries have been killing them for the most part too. We, we haven't really focused on that too, too much. Injuries, uh, you know, I mentioned at the top, but injuries have been really tough for this team. Even when players aren't going on the injured list, we saw it in the Blue Jay series, they're not going on the injured list, but they're unavailable to play to the point where Bryce Harper can't really swing a bat because of his shoulder, but they ran out of players and they have to put him in and he's up in a critical spot or, or just situations like that, where when you lose Scott Kingery due to an injury, you have to make a, dis- a decision to play your hurt star player because all your other bench players are also injured. It, it is really, it's like an inexplicable situation that how many guys they've had hurt, but not IL hurt. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen something like this. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is. It has definitely hurt them. Um, getting healthy would be the biggest getting healthy big for this lineup. I think, I think cementing like, you know, I, I think with Spencer Howard being called up and, and being able to, like you said earlier, give five innings every every week or every every start that of you know one or two run ball would be huge um Aaron Nolan needs to pitch well he needs to pitch better than he has the past couple couple of times out because you know they are I think they're a game over 500 in games started by Eflin Wheeler and Nola uh which is pretty unbelievable considering how you know over overall all three of them have been great Eflin um he's not you know he's not dominant by, by any standard, but he goes out there and pitches six or seven innings of two run ball almost every week. He's pitched, yeah, he's pitched I think six innings straight yeah. six inning starts. Yeah. Um, impressive. You know, they're, they're all top eight or nine in, in the NL and in F4 and they, you know, they're, they're all pitching well, so they need to be winning those, those games more. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they need to hit, obviously. Like, we're saying pretty obvious, obvious stuff here. Yeah, um, all the Phillies need to do to win is hit pitch and field really well. Yeah, well, they're not going to field really well. So let's let's throw that out the window. That's true. Then they need to hit <laughs> and pitch really, really well. Yeah. Because, like you said, yeah. the fielding is not there. Well, no. although if they do decide to play, keep playing Maton more, that will help their fielding their infield defense at least but yeah the defense it is really bad harper the past few days it looks like he can't find the ball in right field i'm not sure what the deal with that is but there's been quite a few times where other fielders fans are telling him where to run where the ball's going to be and like he doesn't seem to be able to find it and he doesn't move like the other night some people are yelling in at him to run in it gets down Yesterday there was a ball. It was a foul ball, but it it was like I don't know, two hundred and eighty feet down the line or something. I'm pretty sure, just a, a pop up, and it landed like a foot foul. And Harper was no ne- nowhere near the ball, and Reese Hoskins was like booking it straight back towards the right field pole, and Harper was nowhere to be seen. Hoskins almost caught it, kind of showing off the range there. Yeah, range. But, <laughs> yeah, the I don't know. The defense is um, a disaster, but we knew it was going to be a disaster. 
it's a disaster at worst, entertaining at best. Yes. Like kind of we do we do love to watch bad baseball. I I would say that is bad defense. Is, is it's excellent. fun. It's really fun. Um all right. Mr. Minor League Baseball. Talk to me about Cornelius Randolph, please. Please. Yeah, so former first round pick. I believe this was 2015 would be the last first round pick of Ruben Amaro Jr.'s career as Philly's general manager. Was it that was that sorry, was that was the year they took Kingery second in the second round, right? It was Randolph. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So they took him with the 10th overall pick in 2015. He was a high school shortstop, moved him in the outfield. And for most of his career, he's been labeled a bust, kind of kind of of the Pretty, kind of the Moniac mold. Pretty instantly, like, too, right? Like, I, I don't remember so, him so, yeah, ever he was being good. highly regarded. He was good in Gulf Coast League uh, right away after he got drafted. Like, this is pretty similar to the, to the Moniac arc. Um, decent first half season, bad for a couple years. And then 2019 in AA, Randolph was – so the end of the year before when he got called up to AA, he was solid. And then in 2019 in AA, he was – not quite as good as he was that year before, but he was like pretty passably playable in double A for Reading. And then to start this season, he's 23 now, turning 24. And I don't I don't know what kind if the training he's done since he last played, like it's really helped him take take a to use your word, a leap. But he's been incredible to start this year. Two nights ago he went five for five. With three doubles, a single, and a home run. Yesterday, he went opposite field in the second inning for a solo home run. So he had two homers, three doubles, and a single in two nights. He's looked really good this season. He's not walking a ton, and he is striking out. But he—he, he, um, it's not like he's never taken walks in his career. It could just be like all of this uh, – Kind of is a small sample size thing, but he's really swinging the bat well, like displaying power uh, at a clip that he's definitely not shown before. I don't know if that means he's going to be a major league regular at some point, but I think two, three years ago, you're talking about Cornelius Randolph as a player who probably won't ever make the majors and almost definitely not for the Phillies. And I think if, if, if he can keep any keep this up like at anywhere close to the way he's playing right now i think that's a major league player and he played center field last night i i don't don't have the minor league defensive metrics but if he can if he can play a passable center field and a solid corner outfield if if the bat is legit if he can if he can keep putting together good at bats i don't know i think that's a major leaguer at some point i don't know if it's regular but i think it's major league yeah no that's uh, it's it does feel like we just haven't heard about him at all for the last three years. Um, so because he never been... really hit for he never he's not like a, he's not slow, but it's not like he's a he, he wasn't like a a Roman Quinn type a high a high speed kind of you know you want him to put the ball and play a lot. He was just like just not hitting for a lot of power, and he hit for all right average and not you know not awful on base but he just never really had that power tool and 
you know, he was mostly a corner outfielder only and, you know, left right fielder without a ton of pop and isn't going to steal 30 bases a year. That's not a super highly touted prospect, but if he's found more power, that's, that changes his career. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, we don't know, you know, the, the, all of these guys we haven't seen for since 2019. So, um, you know, this is going to happen. I, I feel like some guys are going to be different players than, than we remember them. And yeah. Um, and, and something, something to keep in mind is that there's been a lot of changes in Philly's player development since their last minor league season. So there's coaches that they've been working with since they last played in a minor league season that um, like weren't even there the last time and they've been working with them remotely or in instructionals or in spring training and maybe they've made changes, but they just haven't been able to implement them in actual games because last season was canceled. So I do think there's a, there's going to be a few guys that really, that really break out because they've kind of put things together and maybe they did ahead of last season and it just didn't get to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else stick out to you this week? Um, in the minors for the Phils? Um, I mean, Archie Bradley looked solid in his last week in his rehab in the minors, but uh, didn't really didn't really play up in the majors in in his first outing back up. Other than that, like you said, Bailey Falter has been good. Spencer Howard has looked good. They might need those guys. They'll definitely need Howard. Maybe they could use Falter at some point. But yeah, that's. That's all I really, that's all I, I really got. Randolph, especially as of late, is one that, that sticks out. Cool, yeah. Um, in terms of last thoughts, only one I have, Gabe Kapler's Giants, 12 games over 500, best record in baseball. Um, how about it? How about it? <laughs> yeah. <That's> just, <laughs> it's funny. It's definitely funny. And yep. it was always going to happen. Yep, it, it, it was. And, like... Even if that team fault falters at some point, listen, like Gabe Kapler has never been given a roster that was equipped to make the playoffs ever. So people will say, well, well, you know, he did that when, when, uh, when he was in Philly and they, they collapsed in September, those teams were not that good. Like that's what it comes down right. to. So whatever, you know, it's just, he he gets a lot out of his players. It does. Can it you does believe? Can like... you believe the? Can you believe the 2018 Phillies as they're playing Jose Bautista in the year? How did that team collapse? How did, how they, did they? How did they collapse? How how did it happen? As Dribble Cabrera was playing shortstop, how did it happen? How did it align up with Justin, Justin Bohr not and carry them? Carlos that emotional warrior. Face. How did it happen? <laughs> How did the emotional warrior not hold up, carry the oh team? Oh my gosh. Years? Yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> well, in any event, uh, Red Sox this weekend. Um, and I think the Marlins again, I think it's a four game series against the Marlins next week. And then they have a Friday off day, which. How is... about that? I don't like that, um, but it's there. And that's fine. Yeah. And then they play the, the Tampa Bay Rays who are red hot right now. So yeah, some, some more Florida baseball coming up this week, um, which is always the Phillies always find something interesting to do when they're playing that's in right. Florida. So yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, and we will talk to you again next week. Ooh.